The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is the Hoop Ball Grizz Podcast. But today we're kind of doing a co-show. One of the co-hosts from the Hoop Ball Kings Podcast, Miss Jill Edge, is on with me, and we're going to talk about the Grizzlies and the Kings and quite a few other things, but we'll get to that. Jill, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Um, I mean, it was a tough, you know, <laughs> two-game stretch for us, but uh, we, you know, we always appreciate, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, Grizzlies fans and and all that stuff. I know we got burned pretty bad by the social media team yesterday, but <laughs> yeah, um, I will I will have to say that the Grizzlies have drafted so many of King's Twitter like loves that um, your team has always been super easy to root for for that reason because we see so many guys on there that um, end up being ones that we wanted on the Kings. So it's you guys in the Blazers, you end up with the most. So well, most of the people that the Kings fans are yep. wanting. So how do you feel about uh, the the draft that you all had this year? I know Halliburton was a pleasant surprise, but outside of Halliburton, I know, yeah, uh, Jemias Ramsey was a guy that he got some time last night. How are you guys feeling about um, the, the new front office and what they're doing for the draft? I don't think you'll find one Kings fan that is not um, in love with Tyrese Halliburton. It's, I mean, the, how he fell to us at 12, I will never know. And we didn't know we could have that kind of luck and yeah. we will gladly accept it. Um, now it's just going forward with that. Uh, now the guys in Ramsey and Woodard, uh, Ramsey, that's probably the most we've seen him play for a game. I think this, this whole season, maybe uh, Luke's been pretty uh, adamant and, um, putting those young guys in, you know, the last couple minutes of a game, if it's a blowout one way or the other, uh, but without a training camp and with them just being in the G league bubble that I guess maybe he didn't feel they were comfortable enough yet. Uh, we never really got much of an explanation. It was kind of just uh, up to us to assume, you know, what was going on that there just wasn't <clears throat> enough development between those things and, you know, very little practice during a season that if they were truly going for a play in spot that you saw, you know, Fox going, you know, almost 40 minutes a night, buddy, same way Barnes when they were all healthy, um, playing those huge, huge minutes. So, um, I mean, we have, Ramsey and Woodard, you know, I, th uh, they were signed to three-year deals at the beginning of the season. So for me, I understood it and I know that they're here going forward. So I wasn't too worried about it if they still felt that, you know, they were getting what development they felt like was enough. I know there were others, um, in Kingsland and on Twitter that, uh, did not agree. And they were upset that, you know, it's another losing season for the Kings and you're not seeing some of the younger guys on there, uh, at least to see what they can do going forward. So it's for pretty much for, you know, this kind of place when you're in a 15 year drought, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So you're going to have people liking it or disliking it one way or the other. Uh, regarding the new front office, um, I think you, if you ask, you'd probably get, you know, uh, 
a 50 50 just in the fact that some uh they like the you know they got fox to sign the extension which was a no-brainer for fox um and they didn't like that bogey you know was not retained um well, I wouldn't say all didn't like that. Some understood the money implications just in the fact that you're, you had that, you know, most of that same roster last year and you lost again. So add another, what, 72 million to that. And if you're going to be in the same spot again, you know, uh, yeah. is it worth doing that? But there are plenty of people that like bogey over buddy and wanted them to pay that and then end up moving buddy which I understand as well. Um, so again, for that one, you know, and, and everybody would have loved it had that Milwaukee trade not, you know, not fallen through that, that yeah, for that us, kind of- that, that we lost all leverage after that. I mean, that, that screwed us big time. Um, and that they were the only other team that would have given Atlanta a run, you know, for the money. And um, that went away. And so it was just us and the Hawks. And from what we ended up learning, I think it was a, a 2002 or 2003 um, first rounder that was pretty well protected and uh, Tony Snell, I believe. So that you would have taken, I think, 12 million back and a first rounder that at least as of now, it seems like it wouldn't have converted. So you would have got a second render in Snell. So with that cap space, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say right now if it was the right move or not. You hate to see anybody go for nothing, right? Um, especially in a you know a losing organization, it's hard to give away really good pieces for nothing. Um, so then at that point, it became, do you sign them and you know figure it out later? But with his injury history. Um, you know, that, that was a gamble as well. So I, I, unfortunately time will tell what that one, um, if that worked or not, but it did show us based on him going after a guy like Dante, um, and that falling through. And then the acquisitions he made at the trade deadline, um, very much fit the game that, that Dante kind of molds too. So we're kind of seeing a theme here for Monty and the kinds of players, um, that he's at least going for um, a little bit more on the defensive oriented side, which has been nice to see. Um, they have more length. Um, and then you add um, Damian Jones and Metu, who had pretty good games against you guys. Um, yeah, we've yeah, got to really see did. them a lot more towards the end of the season and happy for young guys like that. But again, showing, you know, some, some tough guys that aren't very soft and uh, you know, are, are not afraid to get in there with, you know, um, depending on who they're going against. I mean, you saw Matthew going going back against the guy that threw him to the ground. So yeah, yeah, that um, was that was brutal. Know, I was kind was, of, you know, I made whenever uh, when we done the show after that game, and this was I I made the um, the Twitter post about it. And I was like, I can still hear Kings fans crying. And then <laughs> like, I found out cause I thought he was fine because after he went to the ground, didn't uh, Matthew stay in the game? I thought he stayed in that game after yeah, that with JV. I, I don't think he came out or at least maybe he shot free throws. Like there was something and then, yeah. yeah so, so it I'm was kind of, it was fine. kind of a like, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It looked rough. 
obviously. And I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, he, he's good. You know, it's it, water under the bridge. We're fine. And then it comes out, he was injured. And I'm like, oh man, I look like a complete jerk, but you know, I, I don't yeah. wish harm on anybody regardless of what oh, no, on, totally. I like them. But you know, it was, uh, it was just kind of a weird situation, but I was happy to see him because he was, he was kind of playing, you know, for his life. He's not a guy that, that, uh, he's on a, is he on a two way right now or did he get extended? He was on a, a two way and they converted him to a, uh, multi, a three year, um, multiple year contract, uh, oh. in this last month, once he came back, um, and he had some pretty good games coming back. Uh, they released uh, Silva, who they acquired in that heat trade, and um, promoted uh, his his contract up out of the two way. So Lewis King was the two way that filled um, Metu's spot, who you guys yeah. got to see yesterday, and that was our first um, extended minute view of him as well. So you, you um, had two uh, two lesser named guys just blow up <laughs> against the Grizzlies, Justin James and Lewis. King. Oh my yeah, goodness, and, man! And he you was, know crazy yep. on Thursday night. What's crazy is Justin J like he is our biggest cheerleader on the bench. Like everybody loves that kid. Um he he's been here 2 years and really hasn't seen much of the court and if he has it's been, you know, injury related um and then as soon as those guys are coming back, you know, he he's right back to right back to the bench, but no matter what, that kid is the first person jumping off the bench at a timeout um, just, you know, constantly pumping, pumping people up and just brings a huge energy to this group. And we saw, um, Daquan Jeffries get waived earlier in the season and people were pretty shocked by that. Um, but they were saying one of the reasons they kept James around instead of Jeffries was like, what I was saying is just the, mm -hmm. the life he brings right to this group. And, and for your end of bench guys, sometimes that, you know, can be huge. Um, you know, when they're on, he was a, a second round draft pick from Vladi. Um, and, but the thing is, whenever he's in and getting those minutes, like he's never been bad, right? We've always just seen the defensive side of him. So him showing us that offensive side was like, w was crazy. But yeah. one of the reasons that Vladi loved him was he was a four year guy at Wyoming and they had had some injuries. And so he had had to play point guard, shooting guard and small forward his, I think it was his senior year. So he showed some versatility there. Um, and I think they liked that, that, you know, depending on if you come a time where if you had injuries or you could develop him well, he could fit into any of those slots technically. Uh, and and has some good uh, length and size to him. So his his contract ends up uh, this year. I think he has one more year of a qualifying offer um, that takes place in July. So I'm not sure um, what will happen there. But uh, regardless, I'm just happy that he actually got to show that for um, for himself. Which you know, all pretty much anyone that was playing um, yesterday you know, right, is is playing for their NBA life at this point. And so it's it's always a joy to see those guys get those opportunities and then actually thrive when they, you know, when they're given to them. So we've seen over the years plenty not not thrive. So it's always nice for us to see like, hey, um, you know, something's working. And and I'll have to, you know, I have to say for for Luke and his staff or as much as um 
you know, positive and negative around here that's that's regarded about him. This his coaching staff as a whole has done really well um, with developing these players individually. Now it's just us trying to get them to develop as a group. So, so speaking on Luke, I, he's sixty-two and eighty-one, four thirty-three win percentage there in Sacramento. I know that they're. I've seen a lot of different takes at first. The first thing I was seeing was he needs to be gone. Like a lot of people were saying he needs to be gone. But then recently I've, I've seen more people say, you know, maybe we need to give him a little more time. And I, I'm not a big fan of his. I don't know that he has it. And, and I may be wrong. I don't watch enough Kings games to really know but do you feel like he is a guy that the Kings should give a chance? Or, or do you think that, you know, maybe he's kind of like what you're seeing this year is going to be the best of Luke Walton? Yeah. And <laughs> what you mentioned was the, I think it was the 431 win percentage. Uh, the Probably the biggest selling point right now that people have on him is we've been so bad for so long that I think it's almost, it's almost 30 out of like the 36 years we've been here. Um We've been to the playoffs eight times and six of those times was with a team over 500. So um, he has the second highest winning percentage of any coach that's ever coached the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> that's kind of what we're dealing with. So <laughs> when we're saying, Hey, you know, he's doing a better job, but our bar is pretty damn low. And that's, that's the sad thing, but you're also seeing the sell of, of, you know, Fox, um, you know, in two, two different national articles has, has come out and said how much he likes, you know, working with Luke and as much as people don't, you know, don't want to, um, care, I guess, about what, you know, the players are saying that is your guy, at least at this point. So you have to take some consideration into that. Um, so I can find positive and negatives. It's just, for me personally, I think there are better candidates out there. Um, and that to me, that's my biggest con for him is I do think there are other names that I would go for out there. But then you have the problem of um, would they even want to come here? I don't know. We've been, you know, such a, a dumpster fire of a franchise for so long with no continuity. Would they even want to, you know, leave a... Um, the coaches I like, like Wes Unsell Jr., would they want to leave a Denver? Um, Sam Cassell, would he want to leave a Philadelphia? You know, things like that. Like, I know those guys want their first gig, but, and, you know, and those offers only come around for so long. Would they be interested in leaving them? And, you know, all Monty has given us is that he loves working with Luke and there's a good continuity there. But we also don't know how much of that is truth and how much is BS. And we also know yeah, that our owner... You know, our owner has been so hot and cold on Luke over the years that, you know, last year we were getting the articles of they're on a huge, you know, text thread together between Luke and Vivek and Peja and Vladi and, you know, a big group text. And he's just saying how unhappy he is with everything. So, um, you know, and then we're dealing with the the Kings have lost $100 million in the pandemic and he's owed um you know, 11 and a half million the next two years. Do they want to do that? Um, and in that clause is, it's there's, they can't pay him out over time. His, his contract was 
um, if you fire him this year, you have to pay him the 11.5 right now. So do they have the money to do that? I don't know. So there's a lot of, um, unfortunately external best, you know, outside of basketball factors that, that will be going into this, um, to say that I haven't seen any kind of development, you know, I can't say that because we, we are seeing individual development. Um, he what? also was given, uh, two brand new assistants this year, you know, his lead assistants and Gentry and Rex and, you know, do him and Monty have a feeling that if they can have a real off season, right. Um, a real training camp that they can implement things on the defensive side, because really on their offensive side, you know, it's, it's nothing spectacular, but they're not bad. <clears throat> and it's just the defensive side where the last in the league, like it's been that bad. And we're finally, we just got under the metric for worst uh, defensive team in league history. Thank God we're, you know, <laughs> that number went, you know, <laughs> based on our, our, um, our trade acquisitions during the deadline, um, but our, our pre and post um, all-star numbers are pretty, uh, our defensive rating pre all-star was 119 and our defensive rating post all-star is 113.7, which, which doesn't put us at right at the bottom that, that puts us in the low twenties, which, you know, isn't great, but it's better yeah, than yeah, 30. It's still better than, so, than the worst you know, in the um, and right. And that's with no practice and, and none of that stuff. So if you can, you know, get some of these guys to re-sign back, if during the off season, if you go after more of those types of players with this staff, do you feel like you can, you know, sustain that? Um, we also have a really good developmental group. Um, on this team, we have Rico Hines, who, you know, the godfather of, of development, um, Lindsey Harding, you know, a former number one draft pick in, in the WNBA. So, um, Bobby Jackson, you know, ex, you know, six man of the year here that those guys individually are doing a great job with these players. And we're seeing individual numbers for the most part get better. So, um, again, it's with a full year of this, you know, this front office, and, and this group, can we have some sort of continuity, um, you know, to keep it going? And to, that's probably the biggest pro is um, for once keeping some continuity. But I also know that there are fans out there that are saying just because um, we fired so many people the wrong way before shouldn't mean um, if this is actually the right time to do it. You know what I mean? That that shouldn't yeah. counteract. Um our decisions going forward. And again, you know, it's for the last five, you know, advisor GMs, you know, that have come in here, they've all been given a head coach prior to them coming in. So it's, they're being put in impossible situations, right? That it's, you got to figure out how to make it work. They're not coming in and, and being able to, to clearly make all decisions regarding um, basketball with, with our owner and, how he hires and fires people. So um, it's, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation had he just let both go last year, but they just didn't want to pay the money to, to fire um, two people that they had just hired and extended, you know, that season. So, um, but, you know, but again, that's the problem with, you know, our ownership here, right. Is it's, we've seen the pattern of, you know, him getting advisors and, um, you know, 
moving them in and the giving them power over over front office decisions and it just ends up going south <laughs> from there. Yeah. I, I would think as a GM, you would want a coach that is going to be able to execute your vision, right? right. So if, if I come in as a GM and I'm bringing players in, I know what I want. I know the product that I want on the floor. And if the coach is not on the same page as the GM, that can be very, very like that. That's a, a I guess, high likelihood of friction there. A hundred percent. And yes. And so we, that's what happened with Jaeger here, right? We Memphis let him go and we, we grabbed him and he took us to 39 wins, right? In year three. But because he didn't agree with the draft choices, he was very vocal about wanting Luca over Bagley. Um, mm -hmm. And then our assistant GM and him, you know, right. got into a big screaming, right? Got into a big screaming match uh, during practice and then went to Chris Haynes of national media. Like there were just so many things there, um, you know, and then we heard the reports of the players didn't like, you know, his attitude and being yelled at and, and all this, some, some of the stuff that you saw from like Atlanta, you know, those guys with, with Vaughn, but um, you know, that guy also took you to 39 wins, right? Like it's, um, but that just showed, yes, that, that Vladi got rid of, of Jaeger and brought in his guy with, in Luke, like he had his, his person, um, we had all kind of been hearing it leading up to, you know, the end of the year. So a lot of us weren't surprised. I know nationally people were pretty surprised. Um, but a lot of us saw the writing and, and knew what was going on with Luke and, and the Lakers and him getting the job. But then we fired Vladi after a year, right? Or he left after a year because he was going to get demoted. Um, and so with Jumar, Joe Dumars coming over, um, and uh, then Luke stayed, right? And so Joe Dumars is still here with our new front office, and we still have Luke. So now it's anybody's guess at this point local media doesn't know we don't know um we're all waiting to see um a woge bomb one way or the other of he's staying or going at this point yeah I, I think that you know all things considered the history of the way that they have handled things should not play into it it should be hey is he our guy or is he not and if the answer is he is not, then regardless of what the history has been, you got to let right. him go. And, and I know that it, it's a fine line. It's a, a tough call either way you go, because mm -hmm. if you do fire him, then like you said, what, what are the guys that, you know, the guys that you want to go get, are they going to want to come in because, Hey, you know, you're not keeping people around. So how long is my leash? And that's, I, I think one thing with Luke, it seemed like there was a lot of friction between him and buddy for a while. Has that improved yeah. any? Um, at, at least optics wise. Yes. Um, buddy's been pretty, um, you know, he was very vocal last year, right. About it. And his biggest thing was he didn't agree with moving to the bench. Um, and bogey being promoted up to the starters. Um, and we had all, pretty much heard that if Vladi had stayed, Bogey would have stayed and Buddy most likely would have been shipped out at some point. Um, so, you know, traded either whether it been the off season or come trade deadline that he was most likely gone. And he, right. And he made no, um, he had no issues, you know, 
liking all those posts on Twitter about wanting to be in Philadelphia <laughs> and all these other places. Yeah, but Grizzlies we really fans have, would have welcomed right. him with open <laughs> yeah. arms. They were um, there were all kinds but, of trade uh, trade yeah. machines. But we haven't heard that at least you know publicly this year. Like, but we're also in a very different environment where everything's over Zoom and you're not getting you know the locker room feels right after a game, um, whether that be good or bad, uh, which is where we got a lot of those um, post game, you know, kind of hot take type uh, clips. And, you know, so again, optic wise, it seems like things are good. Um, But again, here it's, it's always really hard to know. Uh, what's going on was were they looking at shopping him you know this this last deadline and there were just no offers or they didn't feel they were up to par we haven't really heard much most of the talk was around Barnes um so you know buddy for you know for his credit he got um a bunch of his incentives this season which he did not hit last season so um his his turnovers were down. He made the top three or the top ten in three point shooting. Um, he didn't hit the defensive uh, benchmark, and uh, there was one other oh free throw th- free throw percentage. So he made like one one point five million in personal incentives. Um, he didn't get any of the team ones of making the playoffs, etc. But um, I mean his game, you know. Uh, we saw some progress this year. We still see some of the, the biggest, you know, issue with, with him on the court is um, I would say court awareness, at least when it comes during um, situation game situations. Uh, he's still, I think, uh, I don't even know if it's get, he gets out of his head too much or maybe doesn't think about the stuff um, where you'll see like the early shot clock shots for no reason. Um, or just taking bad shots in general or, or turnovers at the worst time. Um, but you know, no one can doubt that, uh, you know, or say that that kid doesn't work hard and puts in the time. Cause we know he does. Um, it's just, is it a long-term fit here? I, I don't know. Um, and again, with when you're stuck with this, you know, 15 year drought and a bad team, he's making, um, going to be making 22, I think it's 22 million next year. You have Fox who's going up into the thirties. You have Harrison who's still at 20 that, um, you know, you have these guys making big money and it's not, it's not showing right in the wins column. So at some point, um, you figure something's going to have to give, uh, but when your guess is as good as ours over here. <laughs> yeah. Because so we know, thought it was going to happen. Most of us thought it was going to happen during this offseason, and it didn't. So it's – and we don't know whether that was front office owner, like, because our owner loves Buddy. That's one of the things that we've all known for. Um, and one of the big reasons why, you know, speculation is that the DeMarcus cousin trade was approved to begin with is because um, Vivek was a big uh, Buddy supporter. So um, it's always hard to know – if uh, our front office is given the green light when it comes to big trades, as much as they're given the green light when it comes to, you know, the little ones that were made uh, during the deadline. So. Yeah. One of the things that uh, as covering the Grizzlies, I dealt with a lot of the, the things that you were talking about, buddy, the shortcomings, Dylan Brooks is 
mm-hmm. guilty of a lot of those things. <laughs> and, and he he's improved tremendously this year. And the fact like his playmaking ability is head and shoulders better that he made passes this season. The last Mm -hmm. season, you never would have saw him make what, so I guess kind of what, what I want to know from you, do you feel like the shortcomings from buddy, is he still at the age where he, that can be coached where he can improve on that? Or do you think think this is what's that? I think, I think so. in the fact that if he, if he's on a, a better team, those shortcomings become very small, right? To where it's it's not as big of a deal, I would say. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. um, I don't think he's necessarily put in some of the situations uh, that he might hear. Um, and I think I do think you would see those things improve. You know, just like a lot of guys when they go when they go to good teams and you see a totally different side of, dang, look, you know, look how they yeah. can fit into that, and you're not seeing you know, the mistakes that were necessarily made on a bad team and or being put out of position, things like that. I mean, I we might have even seen it in these last two games, but I know we saw it since Fox went out that he was out there, you know, leading the offense and it looked to be playing point guard at times. Um, so and that's definitely a situation he he has not been in um on the norm around here. And I will say that we've seen improvement in the passing and things like that, that, that we had not seen um, in the last couple of years with them. So do I think that there's room for growth always? Um, And, you know, he's really good at something that this league, you know, that this league right now loves. So um, I I do think that on a better team, it's, you see a different buddy, hundred percent. I know I was at the game Thursday in Memphis. And the one thing that I realized during timeouts and, and you don't always get to, if you're not at the game, you don't get to see this stuff. He was very vocal, like, cause he was playing with a lot of younger guys Yeah, and you could see that he was really, to me, it seemed like he was embracing that leadership role. You know, he, he would take, I saw him take Justin James, for example, one time going into a, uh, going into a timeout and they were standing out on the floor and he was kind of pointing and I couldn't hear what he was saying, obviously, but I could tell that, you know, he was giving him direction and it wasn't like, Oh, you screwed up your piece of crap. Like it wasn't just like beating him down. He was trying to make him better. And I think that, um, you know, leadership is important on any team, you know, whether if, if you're going to make the next step, if you're going to go from this team, that's right on the verge because even though you all missed the playoffs, the Kings missed the playoffs this year, you were in it until, you know, last three days here, you all had a chance. If, if you went out, you got a shot to make it. You had to have some stuff go your way, but it wasn't right. completely out of the question. And I know, you know, a lot of your, your fans may be kind of sick of hearing that because after 15 years, I can imagine it just piles up on you. But I, yeah. I think that there were a lot of, a lot of positives to take from this season and I'm interested to see you know, for, for a lot of these teams that are kind of right there, the, the Grizzlies and Kings included with a, a full off season and training camp, summer league, all of the stuff that normally goes with it. What kind of improvement are we going to see from these guys? Yeah. And I'll go back to your buddy point real quick is um, he did embrace that. And, you know, and that's one of the things in the last couple of years that he hasn't really had the opportunity Um, to necessarily do either so it was nice to see as you said him uh embrace that and 
and do that out there because from the players we have had around here, um, he hasn't really had the opportunity to have that kind of role, um, you know, and, and maybe he wanted that. I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to know, or he wanted more of that kind of thing. Um, but yes, when it, when it comes to the play in, I, I am shocked that after having, you know, all the injuries that we made it as close as we did. I know a lot of fans, um, or I should say there's a section of fans. Yeah, I would say the tanking fans that are upset that we made it as close as we did because <laughs> um, they wanted, you know, obviously a better draft pick. Uh, but hey, the, the thing with I will this, say, yeah. I'm going to give you a little hope and then I'll let you continue. The Grizzlies had a 6% chance to jump into the top two when they landed Ja Morant. So yeah, you, you went down a little bit, but there's still a chance. It's still yeah, a lottery. I, we were seven when we went to two during that Luca draft. And then, you know what? And we've also had it where the, it was the Blake Griffin draft. We were the worst team in the league and we went from one to four. Like, mm -hmm. that's my thing when it comes to the lottery is it's one thing if we, if you know, tanking and I, I get the percentages and all that, and they don't tend to be in our favor, right. <laughs> in history. Um, it, it's one thing if it's like football and you know, you know what I mean? You know, your mm -hmm. seating and it's set in place. Um, I just don't ever trust the ping pong balls and I don't want to put my fate in and ping pong balls. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get people that do, and I totally understand it. Um, I'm just not one that I, to me, we have missed on so many good players in the five to 12 range, you know, during this 15, this 15 year drought that, um, literally just draft well, right. Have a valuation, draft the guys you should be drafting. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the thing is our, our front offices during those times, we were supposed to draft Damian Lillard and we took the guy that fell to us. We were, we were supposed to draft um, CJ uh, McCollum was it. And then uh, I think that was the Ben Backmore one that then all of a sudden our owner wanted to jump up to two um, and take Ben. And then he fell to us. Um, the, the whole Jimmer draft that was previous ownership that wanted the PR that came with stuff. Um, the Nick Stauskas uh, or Alfred Payton one, um, our owner wanted Stauskas because he made a video of shooting a bunch of threes in the rain. And he thought, you know, he could be the next. Um, well, I think he said it was the combination of, I don't know if it was Buddy or Nick that he said it was a combo of like Steph and Clay. Like, I don't know. There's just been so many opportunities where we've had, where good players were drafted around us, right? In, in those drafts that we just took the wrong person every time for the worst reasons that um, it, we hit Halliburton, right? This last draft at 12, I know it's not totally common, but the, the players that were drafted, you know, this draft ended up being pretty deep when people were saying it was going to be a weak draft. So I don't put a lot of stock into the it's a super strength or a super weak draft where I think if you have the right guys on your staff that we've seen so many guys who were told to be you know, locked in that, that didn't pan out and guys that were told that could never, you know, be anything or weren't drafted that ended up being, you know, having a good career in this league. So um, I, I do think that is regardless of where we are, 
if we have the talent evaluation there and we have the development staff that that will be fine. Um, and I'm trying to think to where we <laughs> where we were before that. Um, yeah, sorry, but yeah, I it's just. Um, I'm trying to think what was what was the other part of the question that you had asked. I don't even remember. I don't see. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't either. Line. We got in the conversation. I forgot what it was. Um, I, I know that yeah, we, we were talking. Like the last thing that I remember before we went into this, we were talking about uh, about Buddy and like the the leadership stuff, and yeah. then I don't know from there. Sorry. Oh, I know, and then I, 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 I know, and then I sidetracked to the one section of <laughs> of the the fan base that wanted tanking. Oh, how you were talking about how close we were to the plan. Um, yeah. but the okay, I will say the most frustrating thing about this season was we and on separate occasions we had two nine game losing streaks. You cut any of those in half in mm-hmm. a quarter, we're in, right? Like we're yeah. in the plan. You you stop any of those nine game streaks and you're in the play-in. Um, and so just knowing that, and to me, that's one of the biggest things when it, when it comes to Luke is, um, you know, is there a coach out there that could have prevented a nine game streak? I don't know. Was it just, was it just the players on the floor? Was it a combo of both? I don't know. Um, but really outside of those two, those 18 games, right. Uh, we had a shot at it. Um, and as you know, the Kings normally do, <laughs> they, they find some crazy way to, to, uh, to get our hopes up and then, then and then crush them. Right there, yeah. Yep. But so, I have said like, as a 30 year fan, it's not new to me. I, I go into every season expecting the worst, hoping for the best. Like that's how I protect my mental state of, of Kings fandom, because I've seen it for so long that to me, it's. It is what it is at this point. And I'm not the one making, you know, writing the checks out there worth, you know, millions of dollars. So um, it's tough to not get invested though. Right. You know, like, so the, the Grizzlies going through the rebuild and expected to be awful last year, there were zero expectations. They were supposed to finish bottom of the league. And then here they are for the play in. And when you see them show flashes of great stuff, Mm-hmm. It just like to me, it just drives them hopes up, and then they'll come out and show you that they're a young team and they're still learning and and just crush you. So, I, I think that the the Kings are in a in a pretty good spot. I, the the coaching thing is is kind of tough, but I think that you have a lot of good talent on that team moving forward. You know what you do with the coaching staff, whether Luke is a guy or not. That that's going to be interesting to watch this off season. I, to me, I, I, if they were going to fire him, I don't know why they waited till the end of the season to do it. I mean, I, I get the money. You know, you, you talked about the money thing. But to me, if you're going to do it middle of the season or off season, it doesn't make that much difference to me. I want to ask you about one more thing with the Kings, and then we'll get on to uh, the, the last conversation, last topic. But Marvin Bagley, going to be yeah. restricted free agent. 2022 so it'll be after next season do you feel like he has shown enough to warrant another contract from the kings uh not a max extension by any means but um 
an extension, yes, but I don't think it's going to be the extension that him and his family necessarily want. I'll put it that way. Um, I don't know how much you guys see uh, in terms of, are you guys familiar um, out there with kind of the uh, friction um, between his dad and the team and when it comes to Twitter and things like that? I, I am not. I'm not saying okay. there, there may I did, be some that yeah. are, but I, I am not. Um, really, really. And I don't think, I don't know if it's ever been talked about publicly, but I know it, it gets spread around obviously Twitter pretty easy, but um, yeah, his dad's been very vocal um, on social media when it comes to uh, they lost a game at some point during the season. I don't know when it was, but I don't think Marvin was put in during the fourth quarter. Um, and he put it out on there that he wants his kid traded. Uh, not that Marvin necessarily agrees with that. We have no idea, right? He He's kind of publicly said, um, you know, he's here to play. And you know what I mean? Like he's doing what he's doing with his team. Um, but it's just, it's, there's been issues like that, kind of that the whole career um, and I know he's had to get on and off social media a lot just because of you have people that go at him because he's not Luca, right? Like that's where I feel bad for the kid. Like he didn't ask to yeah, he can't to be drafted number two here, right? Like that was the front office decision. He was, you know, he was a kid that worked out here and, you know, like anyone who wouldn't want to go number two, regardless of the team, right? Like that's your dream of, of making, you know, going to the NBA and, and playing. And, you know, we've seen flashes from him. It's just unfortunate that I don't think he's even injury prone. Like that's the thing is he, all his injuries have come to completely different parts of his body. And there are a lot of injuries that, you see big men get all the time. His just happened to be, you know, consecutively, which, which sucks, but it's also because he is in there in the scrums rebounding and doing things. And that's where, you know, you land on feet, you know, arms are being, you know, swatted down. So you're getting hit in the hand, you're getting hit in the face, you're getting hit in the shoulders, you're getting hit in your, you know what I mean? Your legs, like you're, you're getting all these different things where I think it was, it was game one of last season, he was going up for a rebound and it was Aiton that, you know, that came down with the swing and it was a full swing and ended up breaking part of his hand. And so, you know, he's out game one, like, but what are you going to do? Tell the guy not to go in on a scrum and rebound. Like that's, he's playing the game the same way every time. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he's been, he's been injured. And I know um, there's a lot of speculation during the trade deadline about, um, you know, them talking to the Pistons for Sadiq Bay and the Pistons turning that down because nobody wants to pay his uh, $11 million contract for next year. How true that is, I don't know. Um, there was also talk of, you know, them going after John Collins and him being in the offer. Uh, has that broken any kind of... Um, relationship between the front office and Marvin we don't know we haven't been told um it hasn't made public other than that uh now he came back from injury uh and <laughs> his his dad was tweeting out again you know uh 
kings of the playoffs and, you know, all this positive stuff. And then Marvin got hurt again, um, apparently in the last couple days and the Kings lost and were eliminated. And now he's back to liking trade requests again. So it's, um, it's, it's impossible to know. And I know a dad's a dad, like that doesn't mean Marvin feels the same way or, or different, but it's just things that our fan base obviously pays attention to because we don't know, um, what kind of they're a close family and you don't know if let's say you offered them, you know, a smaller extension, um, will the people around him being, you know, tell him to take it, to not take, you know, things like that. We just don't know. Um, so to answer your question, I do think he has shown enough to warrant an extension, not a big one. And again, not one that he necessarily wants, but that's where then this team has to figure out, um, what's the right number. Do you try and get something for him? Do you wait to, you know, until, um, restrictive free agency and make somebody else put up the big money, right. And see if there is anybody that wants it. The hard thing is, is he's what, 21, 22. He's still so young, right. That we don't get stars here. So if a number two fails here and we send him off for a a very small package and he becomes something somewhere else, that's egg on our face, right? Like that's, um, there was a a guy from, uh, he covers the Pelicans and he wrote a really good piece about overvaluing your assets. And he, he referenced the Denver nuggets and the contract that they gave Gary Harris Mm-hmm. and how it kind of handcuffed them for a while. You know, they went from a team that they barely missed the playoffs to, okay, now they're going to be competitive and have championship aspirations. But because of that contract, it handcuffed sure. them and didn't allow them to make moves. And so at the end of the day, you never know, you, you know, a guy yep. comes out and he's had all these injuries and, and I know, you know, like you say, it's not, Injury prone, it's not the same thing right. over and over and over again. It's just from playing the game. So, but at the end tough, of the day, like, right? Availability is the best. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's what, what is need. that? What's the number? Like, what would be a contract that you're comfortable with him signing an extension with the Kings? Oh, God. I don't even know if I've even thought about that yet. Yeah, to be honest, like that. I understand. Um, so, and, and I only say that in the sense because I don't know what they're going to be doing this off season. We've heard that he could be the piece that goes away for them to, you know, to, for them to resign homes. We've heard, you know, there's just so many. Um, without seeing how this roster is in the off season, it's really hard for me to give a number because if we haven't given anybody else away and we're still holding on to things, I think that would change what I might necessarily um, offer him just in the sense that if you're going over a salary cap to be a bad team again, do you know what I mean? Like there's just, um, there's a lot of, it's a loaded question because there's a lot of moving yeah. parts to it. You know, you, you never know if he comes out and he's healthy the whole season. He's he worth more, right? Talent. It's just, he, we he haven't seen a full be, season from him. Right. Yeah. And so the, the question is, is he ever going to be healthy enough to play a full season? And we don't know that, we, you know, hopefully he is, but if you give him say, you know, the, the league has historically overpaid for bigs. So say he gets a, a four year, 
$90 million contract, is that something that, that Kings fans are going to be comfortable with? I don't think well, so. Yeah. You know, if, if he right. stays injured, the yeah. answer is obviously no. But if he signs right. that somewhere else and he plays to his full level of talent, then you, you're, you're ticked off because it's like, oh, we let him walk. But there, there's just. But then you never saw that here, right? right. It's just yeah. there's so many, yeah. What was um, it ever going to happen here? And, and that was right. the, the article that I was referencing. The the guy done a phenomenal job, and I can't remember yeah. his name because it's, it's been a, a while. Like it was right around the All Star break when he wrote it. He done a phenomenal job of breaking it down. You know, when you're looking, you have to evaluate talent broadly and not just in the scope of your team. Yeah. And, and I think that. Um, at least from what I've seen from Monty, I, I feel like he has a pretty good gauge on that, you know, with it, with the Halliburton pick. And, and I think that Jamias Ramsey was a guy that I liked for the Grizzlies. If they didn't okay. make any moves, you know, if they stayed where they were, like I, I like his package and what, you know, he can shoot yeah. the ball. He was, he was great at Texas tech. And so, and he's so I, I young, think, right? He's yeah, like the second yeah. youngest guy in the league that, that, that there's so much, room for growth there. Like that there's, you know, you have a clean slate and yeah, he's a kid that can has showed so, flashes. Yeah. So I, I think that, uh, overall I feel like that the Kings may be in a better spot than what they have been for, for a while. And obviously you don't know what you're going to get in the draft. So maybe you get lucky and that there's a lot of guys at the top end of this draft that look really good, but just right, like you like said if, earlier, right. You, if you they were going to jump up to two and get like a mobile, like I, I think yeah. it'd be no question if they plan on keeping them or not. Right. Like it's yeah. yes. Depending on what, what ends up coming in um, again, this off season and you know what I mean? And if he was traded for a legit player that, that took this team somewhere, yeah, I don't think people would have an issue with it. Right. Because you're winning, you should have no issue. Right. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that we haven't seen. So if I'm a Kings fan yeah, there's a and lot he's of... traded and he lands a John Collins back in Sacramento, that, that would be, Oh, to me, that's an, man, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. no doubt. Sydney, see you later. Good luck. All right. So we're, we're getting close to the time limit here. I want to shift gears and we didn't talk a whole lot about the Grizzlies. We went mostly Kings and that's okay. I appreciate you coming on with me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our struggles. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, it's, it's all good. Um, so now let's shift gears to the W, 25th season of the WNBA. And I know I've seen you, uh, you've been one, hey, bring the Monarchs back. You want the, the WNBA oh team back in Sacramento. So I want to know who's winning the championship this year and who's your favorite for MVP. So I have, so since we lost the Monarchs, um, and just a quick word on that, when Vivek brought, you know, bought uh, the Kings and did the whole stay thing, like it was, we're bringing back the Monarchs and that hasn't happened. So we've all like, that's why you're going to keep seeing me um, keep going with uh, um, bring the Monarchs back. And you know, my co-host Damien, do you know who he's married to? I, I do not. Okay. Carol Lawson. Um, and Whoa. so I, I was not aware of that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, I mean, Again, and so when we talk, like, just, again, hearing all those stories, and it's like, he has so many stories, and just this, this city loved the Monarchs, and the most frustrating thing was, it, they didn't, you know, the team didn't go away for lack of, um, 
excitement or people showing up or it was strictly the Maloofs were running out of money and that was the easiest thing for them to cut, you know, I mean, and then they started, you know, selling Kings players for um, cash considerations like that. That was the, the time jump that we hit was we finally had a winning basketball team, right? Um, mm. Our our winning banner still um, at Golden One is, is the Monarchs championship banner. Um, and it's just sad that they went away for those reasons. And I think um, had it been around this time, you probably would have found, you know, whether it be Vivek would have taken it over or we could have had somebody else. I think there would have been an owner that would have taken the franchise um, over, which sucks um, that it happened when it did and not now when you're finally getting some legit coverage of the league, Mm -hmm. you know, for once. Um, So I've adopted the Aces. That's been my team since they, since they started. And so my hope is that they win this year, finally, after so many close chances. Um, And I think Wilson will be, my hope is, is she'll be MVP. Back to back. That's all. Yep. She's phenomenal. She she will get MVP again and the aces will finally, will finally pull it off. So I'm, I, I, rooting for the Liberty that that's my team. They were statistically mm-hmm. one of the worst teams in the league Sabrina. last year. I, I do that. That, that was the reason that was the draw. And all the me. rookies, right? It's a whole yeah. team full of rookies. Like they're and, super easy to root for. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going with them. It's not, this is not a team that's uh, you know, they're not there for the championship. So I'm not a fair weather guy and, and I love Sabrina. So yep. huge shot from her last night, but the, the first Jersey, like after Nike released these WNBA jerseys, the first one that I bought was the Rebel Asia Wilson. She is she nice. is phenomenal. There's a lot yep. of talent, and I feel like there are so many companies that are dropping the ball. With there are a lot of these girls that should be faces for companies, and I think that hopefully we're going to start seeing that more. So. I I'm a, a huge fan of expansion. I would love to see the, the Monarchs come back, not because I'm going to root for them or anything, but you look at the the list of players that got cut right before the season started. There's a lot of talent there. That's a lot of talented ladies that should be in the league. And if there were more teams, they would yep. definitely be. Yep. Um. So you got uh, Asia repeating and the Aces winning the title this year, huh? I, I I'm actually going with it. <laughs> I, I I like Chicago to win the title. That's a uh, Candace Parker going up there. I was they gonna were, say with Parker going over there, yeah. They, they were they were right there last year, and I think that uh, that's a, a huge get for them. Um, I don't know that she wins MVP. I think that pretty much any time that Stewie is playing and healthy, that she's going to be yeah. one of the front runners because she's a monster. 100%. But uh, yeah, so Chicago to win the title and Stewie for MVP for me. And that'd be cool for Parker to getting that in her hometown. I, you know, I'm all for those kind of stories um, as well. You know, those are the feel good stories of, of this game. And you can never count Stewie out. I mean, she owns like every award possible that yes, if she's healthy, that um, it's going to be a hell of a race. Same with Seattle. I mean, it's, you can't ever count them out either. I mean, they just keep. They just keep coming back and they had some good draft picks. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun season. This is the first time that I've actually had league pass for, um, WNBA. So I am excited to, um, 
watch uh, some more teams that I wouldn't necessarily um, be watching. So, and I, you know, I do like that the Atlanta Dream Team too. I mean, they they've been such a feel good story the last the last year or so. Yeah, Renee and an um, ownership group that was huge, and yeah, just and they a lot of most beloved draft pick, um, mm-hmm. right? So it's just yep. yeah. From then, good that it's yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to let you tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them about the show, your King show, and uh, then we'll get out of here. Um, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Jill Adge, J-I-L-L-A-D-G-E. And you can hear me and uh, Damian Barling on our uh, podcast for Hootball Kings is what we're called. And so if you want to hear more about us, um, and you know, what our off season is going to be about of hopefully ending this 15 year drought, uh, and just, I'm sure we'll have a lot of WNBA talk, basketball talk, um, and everything in between. So yeah, get, um, come give us a listen and, uh, thanks for having me on again and good luck to you guys in the playoffs. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. That's, um, I'm hoping that they can manage to beat the Warriors on Sunday. Steph has been playing out of his mind, so it's going to be uh, an interesting matchup. I have faith, though. There have been a lot of uh, good things here at the end of the season. Moving Jaron back to the starting lineup has really made the team look a lot more cohesive. Guys know what their role is, and there's no question marks. When he first came back and he was coming off the bench, it looked terrible. It, it was awful. And uh, now it seems like that they they've got that figured out and they're in a good position. You're in the play in either way, but I would much rather be in that seven, eight game than the nine, 10 game. (laughs) Right. We, we, we will see guys. We appreciate you listening. You can get this show on Twitter at hootball grizz. I'm at D will two one, one, one. And my co-host Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. We appreciate you guys listening as always until next time. Go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.